Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey, Listen Games Cast. This is our third annual Hey, Listen Gamies Award Show. G A M M I E S. I say, wrote a theme song, but I'm gonna get cut off because no one likes my voice. Yeah! All right, well, this is technically episode 122 of the Hey, Listen Games Cast. Uh, since it's the end of the year, um, holiday uh, break you know coming up next week we thought this would be a good week to record our best games of the year award show um this third time doing this guys isn't it it's kind of crazy to think of you know how many great games we've seen over the last three years uh our first annual gamies uh overwatch narrowly beat out uncharted 4 for game of the year uh last year of course in 2017 we had Breath of the Wild beat out Mario Odyssey barely. Yes, uh, barely. We, we, me and Nathan had a very memorable debate on that episode, and uh, Breath of the Wild won out on that one. And so uh, this year, we will be not only announcing our game of the year, but we have a bunch of uh, old awards we'll be giving out that we had given out the last years, as well as a bunch of new categories as well. Can so. we give it to Breath of the Wild again? Um, <laughs> no, because there was nothing released for Breath of the Wild. DLC came out December of last year, so... Uh, Not eligible. Has to, has to come out this calendar year, January through December. So, um, you know, there's some early January games that are eligible, and uh, you may see later in the show, as well as games that may have re-released or been re-released in December. So, yep. Um, joining me as always is Nathan Wagner and Rob Douglas. Are you guys excited to start giving out some awards? Uh, give me a thumbs up or a like on Twitter if you enjoyed my musical number at the beginning, and like more of them. I'm just really impressed that you were able to spell gamies. <laughs> Praise the Lord, there's no thumbs down button on uh, on tweets on Twitter yet. <laughs> um, anyways, let's kick things right off here with our first gamey. We're giving uh, the first gamey this year to the best graphics of 2018. Um, and this gamey goes to God of War for the PlayStation 4. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the first like hour playing this game. And, you know, keep my eyes playing it, like, in 4K. And I was so hyped for this game when it first came out. And just going, like, it's even more beautiful than I imagined. And then, you know, as you continue through the game and go to the different areas and travel to the different realms of Midgar or, you know, Asgard and all the different places, um, you just see so many amazing details, like giant frost giants that have, you know, died long ago. Um, you know, the, what is it called? The World Tree, you know, that connects all the realms the giant sea serpent which obviously you know we knew about but still was such a cool moment seeing that um character um and interact with him um just really really enjoyed just the overall art style and just the insane amount of detail and creativity in the graphics yeah and, and i think just the the flawless like the motions everything the gameplay like controls are really responsive it just every action you do through you know, fighting and just traveling around the world is very smooth and looks really yeah. good. And I think we would be remiss to not mention the one-shot camera that goes throughout the whole yeah. game, which is, like, an insane part of how they did that with the graphics and everything like that. Like, that is something that has never been done in video games before. Yeah. It was, mm -hmm. I feel, like, very innovative, and I'm curious to see, like... I feel like that must have just been a nightmare to make and program for and plan for and stuff like that, so yeah. I'm curious to see if any game ever does exactly. something like that again. Because, like all the in-game cutscenes were done just like in the game engine, like as you're playing, right? Yeah. Like they're not like yeah. pre-captured footage that, you know, oh, now it's time for a cutscene. They're all right there and you just seamlessly go in and out of them. And there's so many story beats that you don't even really notice are necessarily happening because you're just playing the game and it's all that one shot. Like you said, you could be the whole game in one sitting without ever seeing a load screen if you don't die. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, God of War, I think is just incredible example of that. And um, I still think to this day and, probably for a while it will be the best looking console game that in my opinion has ever come out um you know playing it on the ps4 you know where it's we've gotten to the point in the cycle where you know games just look incredible on the ps4 developers mm -hmm. really know how to push it to its limits and i think when it, with an exclusive game like this um you really see that extra polish and shine that maybe you wouldn't quite get if it was multi-platform on different ones where you know you have to kind of port it and make sure it works well on everything yeah um, which, you know, another one we talked about was Red Dead 2, which obviously is insane amount of detail and realism in those graphics. Um, so I know, Nathan, you've probably played more of that. Uh, how would you kind of um, compare uh, Red Dead's the, art style and graphics? The impressive thing about Red Dead as compared to God of War is just how big the world is and all the detail that is there. Mm -hmm. 
within such a big space. God of War is a little bit more contained, especially at the beginning of the game. Yeah, a lot more um, focus. Yeah, and more focus. So, and then the other thing is Red Dead Redemption Two had a amazing um, uh, just facial animations and what they did, especially with oh, the okay, characters yeah. that are in your camp. The way they moved kind of facial animations to portray emotion was something probably better than almost any game I've ever seen. So the the facial what? animation even better than LA system. Noir. Even better than L.A. Noir. Finally, it's been it's, dethroned it's by been another been dethroned, you know, <laughs> seven years later or whatnot. What <laughs> what, I mean, hey, have you ever seen better snake facial animations than the World Serpent in God of War, though? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, incredible game. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, vi- the visuals, I think, is one thing that people always remember of, yeah. of God of War. Um, moving on to our next gamey. Um, our next award is going to the best open world. Uh, this is kind of a new category we came up with this year. Since you know, there's so many games that have big open worlds. Um, you know, last year Breath of the Wild comes to mind as kind of the clear winner of this one. But we had a lot of really good big open worlds um, and open world games this year. And so our gamey this year for best open world game goes to Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes, and that is because of the way the open world is kind of set up and crafted. Um, Every single character in the game, in the open world, you can have a conversation with, you can say things at, and they'll kind of dynamically respond to you based on what you do, whether you threaten them or make fun of them or say hi to them or point your gun at them. And like how many thousands of lines of dialogue? Exactly. Like how many thousands there? of lines of dialogue have yeah. um, were written and recorded? And also, like, how did they program for each character to have a different response to depending on, on what you did? Mm-hmm. And that alone is just i think the reason why it deserves to be best open world game along with the fact that almost every single time i'm going from point a to point b yes i'm riding through on my horse and you know it's the old west so it's kind of lonely but you almost always encounter some character or animal or some situation that you can either choose to deal with or you can just walk away and move along and um just ignore it completely and sometimes that'll have consequences and sometimes it won't Mm -hmm. and so the amount of just game they put in the game that to make it more realistic um and know that not everyone is going to see every single detail is yeah really impressive yeah and like yeah you know my, my first experience with it, you know i've shared on the show before right i killed a bunny and went to the store to go sell it but i kind of lollygagged and it started to kind of rot and fade away and seeing all the different characters kind of react to that and see and all and then all of a sudden i just bumbled straight into like a story moment that i wasn't even expecting and just seeing how many of those different things are in the game and things you can explore and see. And mm-hmm. it's almost, I mean, obviously there's scripted moments and story moments in there, but like, it's almost kind of like Breath of the Wild in a way where you can kind of make your own adventures and have these, these little mini stories and moments that, you know, no one else probably will really have the same experience. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone has a unique And shoot experience. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and shoot everyone. You, you can do what you want. So. You can be bad guy, Arthur. Exactly. Tie tie the woman to the to the railroad tracks like a dastardly villain of old. I still and haven't tied a woman to the railroad shots. tracks. <laughs> that's that's Rob's yet? favorite feature. I have not tied a woman to the to the. I I've been moving like the last two weeks, so I haven't played Red Dead that's very true. much. But yeah. hopefully I'll play yeah. it over a break. Just just talking to people though, like yeah. people like you and a couple other friends I have on PS4 who have just been playing, hearing different stories of moments and things <clears> they've done and how they've. Um, even like you know some moments that multiple people i've had a couple of friends kind of the same kind of moment and kind of hearing there oh when i did it this is what happened or this is what happened when i did it right so kind of having those those cool moments that you really do have a lot of power over the decisions well you know the last red dead had a big open world and had s- some simple decision making but it, they really kind of upped the the ante for yeah, sure for sure mm-hmm. but uh yeah so best open world game goes to red dead uh redemption 2. Um, so our next category that we have, uh, another new one that we added this year, uh, goes for best racing slash sport game. Um, we kind of combine these two categories because I felt like just sport or racing by itself was kind of too small of a category. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but best racing slash sport game this year goes to Forza Horizon 4, um, Xbox One exclusive. Um, this game is hands down the best Xbox game this year, um, you know, exclusive wise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you'd probably give it to Red Dead, you know, if it was <laughs> just just uh, any game. Any game, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, the thing about Forza Horizon 4 is um, this made me care about a 
series that I've never loved and never enjoyed. And a series I've even like made fun of with how much I've disliked it. Um, I've played many Forza games, you know, with friends and different people. I've never understood the appeal of, you know, collecting cars and the realistic racing sims where, you know, you're constantly crashing the walls. You have to use the brakes. You know, it's not like Mario Kart or something. You just go crazy. Um, but this captured the perfect feel of um, kind of an arcade racer while still having some of those realistic sim movements in. So your, your car will still move pretty realistically. But um, I think what this game does so incredibly is um, you can adjust your difficulty um, in with so many different ways. So like there's basically a difficulty slider for over like I think 30 different options in the game that can make it easier or harder based on you know what kind of an experience you want. Um, mm -hmm. And then when you do events, it doesn't punish you if you don't get like first place. Like when I think of most racing games, it's, oh, you know, you got the gold medal um, or you didn't. And if you didn't get it, redo the race or try again from the beginning, something like that. This one, I can get any place in the race. I'm still going to be slowly rewarded and, and progressing. And I can redo the event to get a better score if I want to. But it just totally took the world or the open world racing game idea and just made it so incredibly large it has a dynamic weather system with all these different weathers um i've collected like 60 cars in the game which is a lot like that's after 20 hours i think there's 500 total so wow so there's a ton of gives you an idea of how yeah. much content there is in there um uh once you kind of beat the first 10 hours of the main content of the game it opens up kind of the online portion where you can just meet other racers online every hour on the hour there's like a public event like think like destiny where a certain spot on the map in your session with 30 other people say so, hey everyone go here and do this little fun event and you're collectively trying to beat an objective with all these other racers and so you'll just be yeah. playing you'll be like oh the, the new event starts in six minutes i'll just stay on and do that and you know get some points unlock some new stuff and there's like online challenges and it's constantly keeping you invested in the game so um, is this the best racing game you've played since what since Mario Kart 8 came out in Wii U, okay. honestly. Um, yeah, so that's that's, four a, years that's a pretty ago. big recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I bought Burnout Remastered with you, Nathan, earlier yep, this year. Bought it. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite racing games. It's like an open world racing game. And, like, I'm never touching that game again now that I've played Forza Horizon 4. And I regret that purchase so bad. And, you know, it's on Game Pass. You, anyone can play it who has a Game Pass membership. Um, or even, you know, just try it out for a week or a month mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. So, um, really, really enjoy Forza Horizon 4. And, you know, I wish, or I hope that, you know, Everyone who has an Xbox, you know, plays it because this was, you know, the best game to play on there this year. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, let's move on to our next award. This is another kind of genre-specific award that we have. Um, we had it this year. It goes to the best RPG game. Um, so the best RPG game is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Rob, come on. I, I know you're holding in your enthusiasm. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, like we were know, kind of talking before the show, Nathan, I hadn't played a ton of new RPGs that came out this year, um, but I know this was a really big one that you played and you, we actually played a little bit with you and we both walked away very impressed with how kind of visually how good the world looked. And yeah. um, I know the combat seemed like it was very much improved over the last Assassin's Creed games, um, but what really stands out to this game and makes it the best RPG this year since you're our expert on, on the game? <laughs> So really the big thing about it that makes it fun is, like you said, the combat is super fun. Um, it's definitely improved upon from even some of the past iterations of Assassin's Creed, as well as just leveling up your equipment, picking what weapon you want to use, uh, getting different gear, adding little enchantments and stuff to make them better, or you know, crafting gear that's better. It just all the little details that just make it RPG-ish, you know, like... Mm -hmm combat leveling up gear uh picking out your party leveling up your boat doing quests here or there romancing people i mean it's all there <laughs> so wait how's this how's this, the romance one of the most impressive things to me is the fact that the assassin's creed franchise mm -hmm. has transformed itself from an like action stealth third person mm -hmm. genre not about stealth anymore, to yeah. an open world rpg yeah well, and the fact yeah. that you have the the branching dialogues, like you get to pick how you respond to different people, and you could be a total jerk, or and you could be like a super flirty person, or you could just be like kind of a humorous person. And the voice acting is actually really well done for these games, uh, particularly nice. Cassandra, the the female. 
Yeah, Very and true. this game, this game even has uh, different endings, right? Based on kind yeah. of the choices and you make and what you say. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and how you deal. You with have the choice too, right? You can play as you know female or male character. You you kind of um, full can, can full on RPG. They they started it with Origins last year and went fully. In <laughs> yeah, I was shocked the next when step. I saw. Yeah, when I saw how big the skill tree was in Odyssey, just like how many different like skills and like how many RPG elements there was and. Mm-hmm. Um, even just looking just like real quick at like kind of like your armor and weapons, I'm just like, this looks almost like a, almost kind of like destiny levels or like Diablo, of yeah, like you know, not, the amount of loot quite, and gear and stuff like that. I wouldn't put it, you know, quite into the RPG category of like final fantasy or something with like branching skill trees and that sort of thing. But it's mm. really impressive how much content is really in this game. And also it looks gorgeous. It was in the runnings for our graphics as well as, it is a huge open world with mm. no load scene, you know, loading scenes or anything yeah. like that. And you're really playing through a historical event that just makes it so much more fun. So it's a great yeah. game overall. Yeah, and the 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 art direction is really good as well. Like I love the kind yeah. of vibrant color color scheme of ancient Greece and the different um, kind of contrasting colors and brightness. Yeah, for sure. Very nice. Yeah, it looked beautiful. It looked a lot better than I thought it would, for sure. Which which is uh, I think saying a lot because. I had high expectations after seeing Origins and walking away pretty impressed with that one. Um, so yeah, just overall really good sequel. And, you know, I think if they continue down this trend of keep making, you know, really solid RPGs, just building on what made the last ones good, you know, I think Assassin's Creed's got a good future ahead of itself. Definitely. Um, so our next gamey goes to uh, another new category we added this year, best remake or uh, slash re-release. Uh, so this is a game that, you know, it's been brought back around, um, kind of remade, revamped, re-released, and the gamey for this goes to Pokemon Let's Go! Pikachu and or Eevee, which are, whichever one you choose. No, we can only give it to one. Which one are we giving it to? I'm going with Pikachu because he's more <laughs> iconic, and that's the version I have. So Get out of here, Eevee. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I think the re... So when they first announced this, um, so as you guys know, Red is my favorite um pokemon game kanto is my favorite pokemon region because of it was the first one i played it was the first one of the series it's 150 mm-hmm. pokemon we've been over all that lots of times yeah. on the show and you, you're a big yeah. pokemon fan like you haven't played every generation but you've played you know a couple no of I, i've played i played sun and moon i played x and y i played silver and gold i played yeah. omega ruby and alpha sapphire I, i've played so a, you have lot a lot of, of pokemon. experience with exactly pokemon. you're a veteran and so when i heard they were remaking it i was like oh man i'm so excited to to go back through and play kanto again um and then i saw that they were they were adding kind of the Pokemon Go elements into it, including taking away random battles, making it so you can't battle wild Pokemon anymore, and you're catching basically by throwing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm still excited. I'm still interested because I I like the art style and I like what they're going for. I think it looks cute, but I'm a little hesitant about that. And after playing through the game, I kind of am coming away with, wow, they were kind of right in making the decisions they did to take away random battles and make the focus a little bit more on catching like the game is a lot blasphemy the game is less grindy (laughs) it's more enjoyable they added a couple more story bits and stuff like that that were new um that weren't in the original red and blue um well it's so true because we look back on those games so fondly you know and and we still love the you know the original red and blue so well but like um for example when they re-released red blue and yellow on 3ds uh, on the virtual console yeah i think it was like two years ago um, I, I picked up the download on my, my 3DS. I played, I was really excited. You know, I got, I think all the way to, you know, the Cerulean city, I got the my second, badge. Gym, got my mm-hmm. second, third gym badge. Mm-hmm. And then from there I couldn't keep up with the grind anymore. I'm just like, I'm not powerful enough. I'm c- catching all the Pokemon. I have to just continue to do all these random battles over and over to make my team better. And I just kind of fell out of it because you know, it didn't hold up as well by today's standards, obviously. It was the very first try. At yeah, Pokemon. exactly. It was, it was the first game. So, you know, just taking those things that we loved, you know, the characters, the music, the, you know, catching Pokemon, adding to your party, and just making that the sole focus and seeing it all beautifully reimagined. Um, I think the art style. Yeah, and there's still well. there's still tons of, of trainer battles and stuff like that. Like, I didn't feel like I was missing battles or i didn't have enough battles um you just didn't feel like overall. you were i just feel like i was forced to grind yeah. yeah and if you want to grind you can still grind you get experience for catching pokemon but 
it's not as much as it, as it was before. And I honestly am like, hmm, for those new games they released next year, I hope they add in some of these changes they've made to Let's Go to kind of modernize the franchise a little bit. So I'm curious to see what they do with yeah, that. I mean, really, so. this is really the first really big shakeup we've seen in the Pokemon like core series, you know, outside of, you know, mm-hmm. spinoffs to other genres, right? Yeah, like, like uh, Puzzle League. and, and Yeah, stuff. like this is a pretty much a core Pokemon game, the core experience, and they've changed a lot of things in it and um you know obviously it sold really well i think most people are pretty happy with it soundtrack is amazing because you're hearing these orchestral reimaginations of your childhood chip tunes right yep yep um but yeah i think that's a good segue into our gamey uh, our next gamey for best soundtrack of the year um so this award goes to you know a soundtrack that uh, we just thought was very um very memorable and so the best soundtrack and spoiler between... it's not nathan <laughs> oh wow let him down gently rob low blow uh but no this game he goes to celeste um which is uh, any game came out at the beginning of the year um the soundtrack in this game just really kind of captures um all the emotions that you kind of go through us playing this game um and, and that being said, you know, a big a big theme to this game is kind of, you know, the character's um, emotions and feelings and moods. So she's dealing with like panic attacks and depression as you kind of play through the game. And the music will really kind of shift dynamics and add different instruments and things in there to kind of uh, mirror those changes. So like it'll just suddenly speed up the tempo and add in like a whole new layer to the song you've been listening to for the past 20 minutes that you like, whoa, that, that's amazing. Um, it even just captures you right at the very beginning. You, the very first scene in the game, you are start off and it's like silence. You just hear a little bit of piano in the background and you start running over a bridge and all of a sudden the bridge starts falling behind you and then it just ramps up and goes dagga, 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 and just hit this giant synth out of nowhere and it gets like kind of your heart pounding and then it stops mm. just out of nowhere. So like, it just is really incredible with, with what they've done and, um, just the, the sounds itself, they use some synths with some kind of retro kind of sounds because it's you know a 16-bit styled game um as well as some really cool percussion and piano and they they they've re-released this soundtrack with like an entire piano cover as well which is just like beautiful music and i don't know if you if you haven't listened to this soundtrack enough like this is this is a, a great one you can listen to on its own as well it's it's really well done and I, I know I'm speaking a lot here since I played over 20 <laughs> hours in this game and yeah you know I played a lot more than you guys but uh yeah, uh, is there any other soundtracks that you you thought were also really good this year? Even though Celeste is our uh, is our gamey award winner, I really liked uh, Banner Saga Three. That whole series has just had an incredible like that epic, almost movie soundtrack all the way through the whole game. And you listen a lot to the mm-hmm. soundtracks just because of the gameplay in that, and it just it makes me feel like Lord of the Rings or you know going back to Narnia type music right there. But also yeah. no other real soundtrack from video games really have I pulled, you know, I listen to a lot of soundtracks, but I haven't listened to any of them nearly as much as I have the Banner Saga trilogy's soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So number three is up there as an R1 where I, you know, nice. just a normal study day. Let me listen to the music. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Celeste has a couple kind of relaxing songs. Some of them are are a little more a little more heavy and stuff. But um, one thing I forgot to mention real quickly that I enjoyed is um, part of the gameplay elements is you can find basically these secret uh, rooms in every hidden in every level that unlocks basically a cassette tape that gives you a B side, which basically is a remix version of the entire huge stage that's much much harder. Um, and for each one of those, they brought in a guest composer outside of the main video game composer. Um, to kind of remix the, that level's theme with a lot of different, more like high frenzy because it's way more difficult and you're going to start chucking your mm-hmm. controller. So like they, they give you those same themes that you've heard, but they totally change it up. They don't just play the same song over again, which that's um, really cool, which was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So it's kind of fun. Once you listen to the whole soundtrack, like, oh, wait, I can listen to all the, the officially remixed ones that are in the game as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, next game we're giving out goes sadly to the biggest flop um you know this is the award we we had last year as well and this is you know just goes to a game that we were when we heard about you know we, we thought there was a lot of excitement about there's a lot of anticipation for whatever reason when the game came out uh did not uh turn out as well as we hoped so this year's gamey 
for biggest flop goes to Bethesda's Fallout 76. I don't think there's a lot of people shocked at hearing this right now. <laughs> no. With, Rob, with how much has been in the press if you want to talk about it, I know how excited you were when you saw the uh, Fallout was going to be an online game. Yeah, a big <laughs> single player guy being forced to take his single player franchise online. Why is this game like, a flop? I just, when I saw this one announced, I was like, this is not a good idea. And. You know, obviously there's been some big glitches and stuff like that that have caused some big issues with it. But I think the Wait, biggest a problem with the game with glitches, what? Right? <laughs> when does that ever happen? But I think the biggest problem with this game is just that there is nothing to do. There is no content that holds players' interest in this game at all. Yeah. A yeah. Lo- when I talk to a lot of Fallout fans, you know, they're not necessarily just for like. You know the actual gameplay mechanics and stuff you know i think gameplay wise it does some some cool things but it's not like the shining moment of that game necessarily <laughs> no. it's it's really about the decisions and the conversations and the npcs and the, and the, the, the branching and moments, especially right? the branching side quests um i've played a little yeah. bit of fallout 4 um but i've also played a lot of skyrim which you know is made by the same people yeah and the different side quests that have more kind of branches and are more interesting in the stories they tell and the way quests are laid out than the main campaign itself and fallout has done the same thing with you know the different fractions that you can join and so the fact that this game really because it's set as the hey you're the first people out of the vault the first people to come out settle the land after you know the the nukes have gone off it does it's devoid of most of that and so the things that people love bethesda games for are just completely missing and i think People, you know, were hesitant and Bethesda knew it was going to be a hard sell because they spent a lot of time when they announced the game kind of explaining, this is what what we're doing to address this issue and this is why we think you'll still enjoy it. And there was still a lot of buzz and interest. Um, But I think the biggest reason it's our biggest flop um, of the year is because Bethesda Game Studios, them, um, they've made Fallout and Elder Scrolls and kind of flip-flop back and forth between those series for Mm -hmm. the last, you know... 15 years or so and the last game they released that didn't didn't either sell very well or um, receive a lot of critical highly acclaimed or both was before the elder scrolls morrowind mm-hmm. which released in 2003 so yeah. that was 15 years ago they've had a pretty solid track yeah record they've, they've had games. a good run and this is you know sitting below 60 on metacritic <laughs> like um you which know is, and every update or patch they put out it seems like they fix one thing, but then something else breaks mm-hmm. because it's an online game. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, you know, kind of ventured out and tried something online. And, you know, I think looking at their inexperience with making games online, as well as, you know, kind of well, using an older true. game engine and having bugs when you add an online experience to that, it kind of makes it a little bit more complicated, I, I think. So, yeah. That's not but, true. They made Elder Scrolls online. They did, but that was at, wasn't actually made by Bethesda Game Studios. It that's was made true. by Zenimax okay, that's, that's online. True. So it's the same publisher, and they, you know, but it's made by a different developer. Um, so, so that's the big difference. Yeah. yeah, and you know, just just even thinking, you know, I know we got to wrap this up, but think about you, Rob, and like you've been playing Fallout Three for like what, like ten years, <laughs> and the reason you you've been playing for it sure. so long is not because you can play it online with friends. It's because you want to do every single side quest because they're so interesting and you just plug away at those. Like, is, is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and you know, take that away. It's, uh, which, you know, for me, I, I'm not, I've never been a fallout fan. I've never really, I, I had fallout three. didn't really capture me. It just not really my, my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't, you know, as disappointed as I think, you know, you guys are, right. You guys are huge, more bigger fallout fans. And, um, for me, you know, it was it was more Sea of Thieves this year where I was really looking forward to that, being an old fan of Rare and going, oh, man, we've heard about this mm-hmm. game for three years. Hope it's really good. And, you know, I think there's some good times to be had there if you're, you're partied up with some friends. But, I mean, it's a pirate game with zero loot, and yeah. you're pretty much just doing fetch well, quests and in the world. They have released, like, some DLC updates that they have, have made it better, right? I, I got an email yeah. today, actually. They're like, we're doing a Christmas thing. Go in and talk to a guy, and you'll get a present. And please come back and play the game. And I'm like, I uninstalled you. You're out. <laughs> I might give it a shot next year when they put in, they're playing like a really big PVP update where you can do like 
go into a specific PvP mode where that's the point you're, you're battling or something. So okay. I'm gonna give it another try in the future after it gets a couple more updates. You know, they're still improving that game, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, at least it wasn't like you know taking a beloved franchise and destroying it like Fallout 76 did. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, let's move on to our best fighter. Um, this goes to the best fighting game of the year. Uh, had a couple good nominees uh, this year, uh, but ultimately we had to give this gamey to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So the game has been out for what day are we recording this? About 10, December 18th. Days. So the d- game's been out 11 days. Jeffrey, how many hours have you put into this game? Uh, like 30 something, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't know the exact <laughs> count. I was at like over 20 hours, I think, after like the first four days. Like I played it nonstop like that first week. Yeah. Um, t- taking a little bit of a break since then. Um, I haven't finished World of Light yet. I've been playing a lot of online battles and kind of surrounded with with uh, playing locally and stuff too. Yeah. I th- I think but. the while retaining still the really fun core element of just a Smash game being casual and accessible to almost anyone, but also being a very deep and technical fighting game. Not technical, but you know, very deep fighting game that is played by hardcore hardcore people mm-hmm. and there's a community yeah. around the world. And the fact that there's 74 characters in this game and it's, it's relatively ba- relatively it's balanced, so long you know, to lock them all. But it was so fun. Is is insane. Yeah. Well, and I mean, also just with how many characters there are, how many of those characters are all from former Smash games? Like this is literally a Smash games for everybody who's grown up playing Nintendo yes. games and Smash. If you played any and- Smash game, you're going to love this game, right? Like. Because everyone is here, you know? Your main yeah. will be there <laughs> no matter what game he appeared in. If you made <laughs> Ice Climbers or Snake I just or Pichu, unlocked you can do Pichu like the other night and I I barely played me- I barely played Melee. Like that was my least played Smash game. And so I was like, Oh, I'll give Pichu a shot and then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a Pikachu clone, but like much, much worse. And when I attack <laughs> I get damaged myself and like yep. How is this a good idea? But he's in the game because somebody out there loves Pichu. Hey, I have a shameful confession. I got bodied last night as King K. Rool against the Pichu online. Wow. <laughs> I, I split with the See, wheel. That, that person loves Pichu, and they have yeah. dedicated themselves to becoming good with them. <laughs> the best so. Pichu player in the world. That's so funny. But, yeah, I think the roster alone, and even just the stages, right? There's 100, I think 108 104, stages. 104, yeah, something yeah. like that. Over 100 stages in a game, which... You know, I you look at any other fighting game, right? Like Soul Calibur, Dragon Ball Fighters, Injustice, like, right? They, those games will have under twenty stages usually, and there's usually not too much variety between them. Like visually, sure, but they all usually play play pretty much the same. You can go absolutely insane and do Temple or New Pork City if you want, or you can play some of the old school levels like uh, Super Mario Bros. or Balloon Fight. Um, yep. Or you can just push X and make every single level flat final destination. Oh, we're Battlefield. Yeah. And so, like, there's just so much custom, custom, uh, custom, customizable options in this game. Um, the new Final Smash meter is fun to mess with. Me and my wife love playing Smash Down and uh, the Squad Strike, right? Yeah. The um, new modes they've added. Yeah. So, just so many new modes. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, I know last week I talked a little bit about how I was disappointed with the online mode and quick play was broken. They put a patch out already, and quick play has been fixed for the most part. I'm not forced into playing free for alls with items on insane stages anymore. I played, I've played five hours since that patch dropped uh, last week, and I haven't gotten into a single match that hasn't been a two or three stock final destination one on one no items. So, preferred rule set. Yeah, so it's really That's giving awesome. me my preferred rule set. And it's not making the matchmaking longer or anything. Like they just literally had to change their algorithm because they heard, Oh wait, people don't want to be forced to play something. They don't want to do. We'll wait three more seconds to do that. Right? Yeah. Nice. So, so uh, there'll be a lot of patches coming in this game, obviously more DLC fighters to be added, but just the amount of content from day one we have in this game, I think it's a pretty easy choice to, to give this best fighting game of the year. Yes. Um, all right. So our next award goes to the best indie game of the year. And, Man, we had we had a lot of good good indies this year. We did. I feel like I almost played more indies than I did like AAA games in a way. Really, I I, I feel like I played less, and I've been kind of craving. I've oh, been really? playing a lot of AAA <laughs> games lately, and I've been kind of craving an yeah. indie game to play through. So I think we yeah. do that over yeah. break. Okay. Well, um, for best indie game this year, we gave the gamey to Celeste. So uh, second award of the show for Celeste. Um, uh, this is a game that 
I don't think was really on anyone's radar before it came out. Um, I remember seeing a, a eShop listing before it came out and being like, uh, oh, it's a random pixel game, you know, whatever. Um, and then the game came out and all these reviews started dropping, giving it like 9 and 10 out of 10s and stuff. And I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> I have to go back and look at this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just game design wise, this game is kind of just like a masterclass where it will teach you basically a new mechanic in every level of the game. Um, and then once you've kind of mastered it, it it changes it and goes, it doesn't bore you anymore. It goes to the next level. And then there's a new mechanic that you're learning and you kind of go and you, you get to master it by the end of the level and it really throws some tough challenges at you and then, you know, changes it again. There's a new mechanic in the next level. Man, that um, reminds me of almost like Nintendo game design um, <laughs> in a game like Zelda or yeah. Mario where they take one concept and flip it in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. then after that, they're like, okay, we're done with it. And they go on to the yeah, next I mean, thing. It's, so it's like the it Zelda seems like very Yeah, exactly. Like very smart yeah. game design. When, it, it keeps the game so fresh when you design kind of a whole world around kind of a similar mechanic, right? Because you... You get it, you use it, it's new, it's exciting, but you know you end it before you get bored with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it also really challenges you as the player that you're co- consistently learning the game. So really up until like the very end of the game, you you have pretty much your full arsenal. It's not like Metroid where you have to continually, you know, upgrade your character. Oh, now I can do a, uh, you know, run through walls. Now I can break this, sh- you know, door open. Um, really playing it my first time and it was just about learning the mechanics and learning how to progress through the levels and now that i played it a bunch i can just go back and speed through run through the levels because you know i've i've done it so many times before um but the fi- final level in this game um throws every single one of those mechanics back at so you it brings it back it brings it all back into one yeah. final super challenging level um that is just so satisfying to play because you're just like oh wait i forgot about this oh how, how did i do this part and it just comes in a really cool culmination and, you know, has a really touching emotional story that, you know, I've read a lot of people online, you know, really, really impacted and, and connected with, connected with. Yeah. And in, in a personal mm-hmm. way that you wouldn't necessarily expect when you kind of look at just From maybe a, a screenshot you of know, the game. Indie game yeah, platforming. Yeah. You know, it's just a game that that's really, really special. And, you know, it it's the, deserves all the accolades it's, it's yes, getting. And sure. I think, the you know, fact that it, it was made by six people is very impressive yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was, I was really glad to see it. It got nominated uh, for Game of the Year for the Game Awards. You know, yeah, I probably wasn't going to win it, you know, against those heavy hitters, AAA games. But, you know, it, like you said, I think it deserves all those accolades. Um, and a game that, or in a year that a lot of really good indies came out. You know, I played a lot of Yoku's Island Express and thought that was a really fun, you know, fresh idea um, on Metroidvanias that's really accessible, um, which is cool. But, it was um, a great mashing kind of blending of genres. With yeah, with pin, pinball. I've never thought of like a pinball <laughs> Metroidvania. Like I didn't even think it was possible. I know when so. I tell someone about that game and say, "Yeah, it's like a pinball Metroidvania." Like, wait, excuse me, like, like how what? does that work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you play it, it's like, oh, it is. It's awesome. It's fun. Um, but yeah, a lot of good indies this year. Were there any other good indies uh, that you uh, think our dear listeners should check out if they're looking for a new game to play over the holidays? Yeah, Besides check out Celeste. Banner Saga. Banner Saga. <laughs> I'm gonna play the, that. The whole trilogy's all, out all now, long. right? So you can play. You the, get the whole, the whole trilogy. trilogy is out. You can all, buy right? the whole trilogy on PS4 or on Switch, and uh, buy it on computer, Steam. It's Xbox, fantastic, it's and it doesn't take <laughs> super everywhere. long to play through it. You could probably play through all three in less than 30 hours. Okay. Oh wow, nice! And it's a pretty cool, unique RPG with a cool story and stuff. Yeah, and it's got a lot of Norse mythology type influences, so. If you really like God of War, you might like Banner Saga also. Cool. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I like Dioku's Island Express. But Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on ahead. We still have a couple more awards here to give out. Um, our next game goes to the best story um, of the year. And so we decided that the game this year would go to Spider-Man for PS4. Um, now, I'm not going to talk too much here because you guys know <laughs> I, I'm a Spider-Man homer, right? Um, but yep. all I'll say is that this should this should give give this uh, award a little credibility here. Um, I have read hundreds of Spider-Man stories in the comic books, right? I've seen all the movies, you know, countless times. I've watched who knows how many episodes of all the different animated series they've, they've done, right? Spider-Man's been in so many different mediums. I've played practically every single Spider-Man game ever come out. I can say this is one of the best Spider-Man stories like ever. Just period, right? There's so many iconic Spider-Man stories through all the different mediums. This one 
is now and I think will be, you know, moving forward, uh, looking back, you know, at my favorite Spider-Man stories, this will always be one that I remember and hold dear to my heart. And we'll go back, like I do go back and pick up an old movie that I loved or an old comic book that I loved and reread through the story. I'm going to replay through this game to experience, uh, you know, the, the great take they did on this story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, I've, I've played only a, a third of this game. I'm going to finish, finish it over break. Um, but I think the way that they tell the story um, while also making a very fun video game is just super impressive because usually it's one or the other, right? Like Red mm-hmm. Dead Redemption 2 has a very good story, but the video game itself, while it's fun to play, it's not like the gameplay isn't the most amazing thing mm-hmm. in the world versus Spider-Man. You're having fun every single second of that game while also, you know, learning and hearing a very mm-hmm. good, interesting comic book story. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's, there's so many good details. Like this game does details so well. Like you'll find like random, like, uh, graffiti on walls like one of them will show J. Jonah Jameson being depicted as a big crying baby about Spider-Man right it'll be another one that's about a bar that's like a very like niche little thing that only like someone who's read a bunch of Marvel comics would like catch there's things like the Wakandan Embassy and the Avengers Tower in there so just all these great little details in there that just kind of add to the story tone without having to say anything right yeah, it does really it has a really good world building and then and like yeah. when's the last time you could think of like a superhero game that had like multiple side characters that were like well-developed as well. Like with Mary Jane and like miles and um, you know, Peter's got a mentor in the game and you know, a couple of the other villains, like they're very well-developed characters that develop through the entire story and have all these great story beats and interactions with Spider-Man. Um, you know, I think of Batman Arkham Asylum. I, that was really the only one that I think had some, some good kind of side characters in a superhero yeah. video game where you had, you know, I feel like, really Batman and Joker and then, you know, maybe one or two other villains like Scarecrow and stuff were really well developed. But, um, for the most part, you know, a lot of those villains were like, Oh yeah, you beat them. It was cool. They're gone. While there's so many characters that maintain relationships and grow in these character arcs throughout the whole story as well, which was, which was cool. And a great culmination as well at the end, it did not let down, um, at the ending. So I'm excited for, for you guys when you finally get to finish this game and we can talk about it because man, it it was incredible. So, (laughs) Um, it's on my radar to get goes to spider-man play that game if you haven't played it yet people it's awesome um so our next award goes to uh the most improved game of 2018 so really look at this award as kind of like an ongoing game right a game that's changed since you know it originally came out and has been improved whether patches dlcs updates expansions whatever you want to call them um it has changed and become a better game uh so we decided that the gaming for most improved goes to Destiny 2. Specifically because of the Forsaken expansion. Yes, yeah, Destiny 2 Forsaken, uh, which launched uh, back in September, uh, which was about a year after D1 came out, right? In D2. Or, yes, sorry, <laughs> D2 came out. Um, which, you know, D2 launched, you know, it was good for a month, and then it was very, very dry and did not have much endgame things to do, right? It was, oh, you're done, and it didn't really have a lot of things to chase and a lot of activities to do. Um, and the ones they did have weren't very fun to do. Yeah, exactly. And there was just a lot of, you know, kind of things they kind of streamlined to make it, you know, more accessible for casual players. And there wasn't really a lot to do if you wanted to be a dedicated player. And, you know, I, I still play D2 a lot considering that in year one, but ever since Forsaken came out, like there's so many things that I, I'm just not doing every, cause there's so many options and things that you can be doing in this game. And, yeah. And the, the way they revamped kind of everything to make the game, um, even still fun for people who didn't even buy the expansion and kind of mm-hmm. revamped the whole game. Um, I think really improved it as well beyond just the forsaken expansion, what it added with not only the new story, but the new raid, new strikes, new weapons and everything. That they, they added made. bows in. <laughs> yeah, the bows are really so satisfying. To yeah. Play. Well, they, they even, you know, to Bungie's credit, they, they said, you know, we're wrong on forcing everyone to play a certain way with D2, right? They kind of switched up what weapons you could and couldn't load out. And basically you had two kind of standard primary weapons, like an auto rifle and like a scout rifle. But they switched it to say, hey, you can still play that way if you want. But we're guessing most of you guys want to use more shotguns, more snipers, mm-hmm. more fusion fusion rifles, like more of the kind of fun, crazy special weapons. And so they completely switched the game systems around so you could feel more powerful as you're playing, right? And they added nine new supers to the game, which yeah. was, you know, it's yeah. never really been done in Destiny before. Well, and I think, I think you made a good point, Jeff. I played Destiny 2 the first year it came out. I played it 
a lot the first three weeks. And then after that, I basically didn't touch the game again. Yeah, because there wasn't and really then, anything else yeah, to do. <laughs> and then when Forsaken came out, I was like, ooh. And I played it for about two months. And I haven't played it as much recently, but I played it for two months and really enjoyed my time with it and played it consistently. And yeah. um, just, I think it really improved the game overall. And um, it made it a lot easier to recommend, a base. Yeah. <laughs> recommend to a friend, like, I had some friends who were like, oh, should I get Destiny 2? I'm like, ah, so they just wait for Forsaken. You know, they'll probably make some better changes, and they, yeah. they totally did. Um, so it's good to have Destiny 2 in a good place. The fan base is a, a lot a lot happier than they were, uh, you know, uh, a year ago with Destiny 2's launch. So good good to see that game improve and, and be a quality product now. Um, Rob, I know you aren't really a big Destiny guy, but I know there's another game you played a lot this year that uh, you thought also was a – an honorable mention in this category. I wouldn't say I played it a ton, but I put, you know, about 10 hours into it earlier this year, or earlier this fall. Uh, no Man's Sky. I would say that this is a game that we all wrote off because it was basically awful. Mm-hmm. And they've slowly made enough improvements that even earlier this year, some game, like some pretty prestigious gaming websites that I follow and look at mm-hmm. even gave it game of the month. <laughs> nice. <for> the month. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they they relaunched it when it launched on Xbox early in July. They they finally put in the multiplayer that they put that it, I dreamed that would that know, we would be, be able to play together. Yeah, exactly. Well, multiplayer base building. They added a bunch of extra stuff. They actually have some new content that they're even promoting right now. Right, I believe that's oh, nice. going to yeah. Come they out they here just released next a, year. a new content pack. Yeah, or, it's all yeah. like free free updates, right? It's not like uh, Destiny yeah. where you. There, there are some free updates, but you also have to pay, you know, for Forsaken no, and stuff. No, everything it's... is free. If you bought the game at launch, you yeah. have the game. Yeah, I, th- I oh. think it definitely deserves to be in the discussion because I don't know if you guys remember this, but it actually won our biggest flop game award in <laughs> yeah, the first right. year we did the gameies. Yep. That's right. So the fact well, that it's thing... now here on as a talking about it as, mm-hmm. you know, a runner-up for most improved is pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is, you know, you saw how many people traded in the game and were like, I'm done with this. They sold the copy, got it, you know, went to GameStop and got their 24 cents with it. <laughs> um, but then people are actually rebuying the game because mm-hmm. it actually yep. is worthwhile to play now. So that's a pretty big testimony to the improvements that they were able to make. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I was one of those people. <laughs> I'm not. I still feel too burned. <laughs> You're still too burned. Well, you know that's understandable. Yeah, but uh, anyways, good, good to see you know games get improved. Whether or not you know we didn't like them at first, you know it's it's good that we live in a day and age where we can um, improve games, uh, even if you know they weren't great at launch. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Uh, our second to last award here. So this is our award before game of the year goes to most influential. Um, so we considered lots of different games and moments and uh, different things for this award. This is kind of a award that we look back and go, oh man, that's so cool that this happened in, you know, in 2018. Um, and we hope it will influence, you know, other <clears throat> others uh, as well in the future. Um, so our most influential, what? Whoa. Most influential <laughs> award, uh, the gaming for that goes to the Microsoft Adaptive Controller. Um, so this is the controller for Xbox uh, One and PC that is uh, completely customizable for people with uh, disabilities. So they can play games um, using a controller that, you know, works for them. And, you know, this is, I think, something near and dear to a lot of our a lot of our hearts. I think we all know um, people or have, you know, read stories of people online who, you know, couldn't pick up an Xbox controller anymore or, you know, couldn't keep up with their friends on mouse and keyboard. But this really... Um, provides a way for so many different people um, to play games. And, you know, that's really what video games are about, right? It's about yeah introducing others and having games that are accessible for, for anyone uh, to be able to play despite, you know, what their physical condition might be. I just think this is so cool that, you know, this is creating a way for kids you can't play games and it's introducing them and bringing them into this world of games and even adults who haven't been able to play games there like you said people who used to be able to play games but because of whatever mm-hmm. disability or disease or something were they lost the ability to play these games and video, you know we've talked about this a lot video gaming has got a lot of benefits and you know it's got a lot of good things that we really enjoy and we really appreciate and that's why we do this show 
mm-hmm. the fact that Microsoft came out here and put out this controller that makes it more accessible to more people who in the past couldn't is yeah. truly a cool thing and, and it is incredible. Yeah, it it connects people, right? Like it's a video games are a way we connect with people and you know, I have no doubt that this controller is gonna help connect a lot of disabled people with, you know, other other gamers uh, throughout the world and their community. Yeah. So uh, very yeah. very awesome move to see Microsoft uh, come up with this and uh, put this out. You know, it's one of those things that's kind of like, wow, like why did no one think of this before, right? Yeah, exactly. I think most influential were giving it that award because of um, the the what it's doing already and the potential it has to do even to have even more influence going mm-hmm. forward on the rest of yeah. the gaming industry as we hope to see. You know, Nintendo do something like this and Sony and and everyone try and um, make it as open as possible for everyone to be able to play um, yep. games and whatever way they can definitely all right well the time has come we're towards the end of our show here we have one gamey left that shiny beautiful golden gamey for game of the year the one that will be talked about for years to come as the best game of 2018 the gamey for game of the year goes to god of war was anyone surprised? I, it, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I think there's a lot of people who uh, you know uh, well earned say you know Nathan and I are Nintendo fanboys and probably assume we're giving it to Smash Bros. But we're giving it to God That's of true. War That's true. Uh, for just everything that game does. Um, right? You you can't really pick a part of God of War that you're like, man, that that part of the game was was terrible, right? Like it's from start to finish, everything you're doing in that game from the voice acting, gameplay, control, sound effects, combat, story, like it's it's all top notch. It's one of those games that I feel like is one of those games that if you're a gamer, this is a game you need to play at some point. Like <laughs> just and you have to play it. It's that destroying good. Destroying things with that axe is so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. The, the... The calling feedback. the axe back like Thor. <laughs> Whoever yeah. came with that idea, like, give that man a raise. Exactly. And I, I think the best way I can sum up why it deserves to win Game of the Year is the fact that if we rewound 12 months and told me, hey, next year, God of War is going to win Game of the Year from Hey, Listen Games Cast and many other you know gaming outlets, I would have been like, you are insane. Like, that game looks kind of interesting, and it looks cool, and it looks really pretty, but there's no way it's going to win game of the year but what it the fact that it came out um and how much it kind of changed and improved the formula and kind of made the god of war franchise more mature and made um, me care about the story when previously i didn't care at all about kratos or any yeah. mm-hmm. there was no character development what they did with the story and yeah. the way they, they made, made it, it made it mature in a way that it told a story that was grown up and that adults and anyone could enjoy not mature in the way that the last games were where it's just hey let's put gratuitous blood and violence and sex in here and have no other reason for this game existing like it, it's very meaningful any of the, in the other moments. god of war games and i've actually put a lot of time you know i got this game for black friday and i've put more time into this game than any other game this month and that's a testimony yeah. to it just being like <laughs> I didn't care about any of these games when I first oh, saw it, the it, announcement for Kratos. It I was sucks like, you in. I don't it sucks care. you into the game. Like, just the way the game is made, even, right? With it all kind of being one yeah, big yeah. level. Like, there's not really a stopping point. You just want to keep playing. And then you put your PS4 in rest mode and you turn it on to play something. You're like, I'll just keep on playing God of War. <laughs> uh, I, I think we've all felt that. But um, yeah, I think that's a good point, Nathan, about kind of really changing what we've expected from God of War, which, you know, after the third game, you know, it. it you know, did, did a lot of things well, but they didn't follow the, you know, same direction as the last ones. They completely, you know, reinvented this game, this genre. Um, they have moments in this game that are smart, smart callbacks to the past games that are cool, but it doesn't let those past games define it. Um, it definitely does its own own thing. And ultimately, I think we can describe uh, why this game is so much better than the past God of War games with one word, and that word is boy. <laughs> like uh, having a a companion for kratos to talk to right with atria atreus however you say atreus atreus thank you atreus Um, not just a companion the fact that ai wise 
He's one of the most useful and helpful companions <laughs> you could ever actually have. He doesn't get in your way, and he's not annoying. They somehow did it. <laughs> you don't have to escort him through things. Yeah, it's not an escort quest. <laughs> yeah. It, and, you know, it's Kratos is, you know, very kind of somber, sullen, uh, you know, isn't much for words unless he's very angry, right? Um, but having Atreus there with you to kind of, oh, uh, duh, and, you know, make comments as you're going through the world and kind of keep some type of conversation and narrative going. And, you know, every time you go into that boat, I know it's really probably just a load screen because you're loading into the next area. But, like, I look forward to those moments. And I would just sit there going around in circles in my boat, not landing because I wanted to hear, like, <laughs> the conversations between Kratos and his son. Um, just lots of really cool, like, moments that you just played in the game with the, that, that relationship there. But it's it's great. Yeah, it's good game. So if I guess if you can only play one game this year, uh, God of War is our recommendation as that that game that 2018 game you need to play. Yeah. In um, in, in my opinion, I know this doesn't speak for the rest of you, but this is the best game on PS4. Period. Yeah. So I I think that's a big recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's crazy to see. We've had a lot of good PS4 exclusives. Um, this is definitely probably the top of that list. Um, all right, so to kind of wrap things up here on the show, I know uh, we, we don't have any more awards to give, but uh, kind of as a, as a whole, what, what do you guys think of as uh, for 2018, right? What are uh, comparing, overall impressions? Overall impressions, of? maybe comparing it to maybe last year and uh, thinking about the year as a whole. Was it a great year for games, good year, amazing, so-so? Uh, I think the big thing, I think the big thing, so like 2017 was a huge game year. I mean, Mm -hmm. we remember doing this and there were so many big games and just little indie games and everything that by the time we got to the Game Awards, we're like, we don't even know which ones to pick. Um, We spent like two hours talking through what games we wanted. And this year there was not, there was more clear cut winners on this, uh, on Mm -hmm. this year. And I think I didn't, I know, I know that we were talking a little bit about this before the, the show started. I didn't play as many games from 2018, but I played some of the big games from 2018. Mm-hmm. I think that's a testimony to to this year that there were some big games that came out this year that were worthwhile, yeah. but other than that, it was not, not a bad year, but just kind of a low year. I, I actually, I would disagree with you, Rob. I think it was a very good year, but I think it depends on what, how you define it and what you're playing so Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like 2018 was the year that sony and playstation 4 has been building to since the launch of the ps4 back into 2013 like with the release of god of war and spider-man specifically but then also seeing games like red dead redemption 2 which was the first rockstar game that was originally released on on the new on ps4 and xbox one um i feel like this is kind of the year when all of those things that we had been waiting for and the generation defining games um you know for the most part released and this was also kind of it's also almost the beginning of the end because looking forward to to next year i think we're kind of looking at uh, the the generation is kind of wrapping up and so i think i think this year was a very good year for games and it depends on kind of what you're into but sure i think you made a good point that there were a lot of very big games that were released that were very good but maybe across the board it wasn't quite as plentiful Mm -hmm. as as 2017 well yeah yeah, that's what that's what i meant you know not that it was bad or that this was a horrible game for years but a game for a year for games but that there was a lot of big games and not necessarily much in between yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the, the thing about this year, it really depends what platform you're looking at, right? Like, when I look at the Switch, like, I had a lot of a lot of ports, a lot of, you know, good to okay games uh, come out for it. Um, but really, like, if you're into, like, indies, where you got games like Yoku, uh, Hollow Knight, Celeste, right? Lots of great games to play there. And those, you know, games came to, you know, all platforms mm-hmm. as well. Um, you had the Switch finally got, you know, some really good multiplayer games with, you know, obviously Smash Bros, but also... Things like Mario Party, Mario Tennis, and stuff, um, which aren't you know big single player heavy hitters like Mario and Zelda were last they're not, year. They're not the games that we remember maybe the system for, but they're yeah. still games that we put a lot of hours into and have a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. And with you know Sony, they hit with those really big single player games this year. Well, Spider Man, 
God of War, uh, Detroit was you know another big one we've been been waiting for a big single player adventure game. Yeah. Um, so it's great that we really got you know so many different types of games this year. Um, you know there were so many great VR games that came out of nowhere this year with you know Astrobot, Tetris Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, effectively the best Tetris game ever made. This was uh, this Beat was, Saber, you know, came out of nowhere. Yeah, this and this like, was probably the best year for VR yet, as far as games, yeah, right? Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, especially, you know, thinking of just PlayStation VR in general, it was, I feel like one of those things that when it first launched, there was a couple of games and there wasn't really a ton and it didn't sell super well. And people were like, oh, are they just going to wait for the PS VR 2 to come out and then repick things up or keep it going? And there were so many great games this year. You know, Moss came out earlier this year. They they showed that hey, VR doesn't have, just have to be first person. You can do really cool things with platforms. And um, you know, I think mm-hmm. Xbox, you know, kind of had a down year, but you know, despite that, they had Red Dead Two, right, and Forza, which was a great game. Yeah. Um, well, and and they, they still have Halo and Gears of War. They still have Halo and Gears year. of War. They, Crackdown finally. They made Game Pass. Like you've been subscribed yeah. to Game Pass. Game Pass for was that. an That's amazing, a, amazing. Uh, I feel like it hit its stuff. stride this year as far as them. Definitely trending up with Microsoft, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Xbox and Microsoft have been doing a lot of work not on the game front, but on the other side. Because, like, they purchased a couple of really big companies. They've Mm. done some things with, like, the adaptive controller. They did a lot of stuff setting up for their cloud base. So they've been doing things, but not necessarily in our hands for this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, overall, I think 2018, great year. Um, I'll really remember it for those... uh, single player experiences um yeah. and then you know when, when the holiday break comes and i go home and play smash Bros. with my family yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. i have uh, so, so many good memories i, I, I can't let smash it go without saying i i won't re- i will also remember it for fortnite dances and all the fortnite <laughs> dances that have broken out across Wait, all we didn't of society give, we didn't give fortnite we a didn't give award. fortnite a single award well that's because fortnite's a little controversial right now because everyone's suing it for taking their dance moves <laughs> that's true that's true how dare they put a dance move in a game without paying someone um no yeah fortnite you know i think that is what i think a lot of people will remember from this year yeah, yeah. um we'll see you know in the future you know five years from now is fortnite still going to be a thing or are we going to look back and remember God of War still being that amazing game that came out? Or, like, oh, remember when Fortnite was so small back in 2018? Now it's way bigger, right? Yeah. We, we don't really yeah. know, so time will tell on that. Um, I will say it was cool getting that game on the Switch, though. Playing it playing it portably it was uh, was pretty neat to actually have buttons, right? I didn't, did not mess with the, the mobile stuff, right? Yeah. The touch screen. Like, <laughs> uh, but, no, it, it, it's pretty fun to play on Switch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to wrap things up here, Real quickly, uh, 2019, right around the corner. Um, you guys think 2019 will be a better year for games or not? Uh, obviously, there'll be games that come out of <clears> nowhere. <throat> but uh, based on what we know about 2019 games, do you are you excited? More excited for 2019? I know, you know, coming up here in 2019, we'll do uh, general like our revs, our resolutions and like uh, outlook on what mm. games are coming out in 2019. So I haven't done as much looking ahead to 2019 as maybe I would like. But it doesn't seem like there's as many games that I'm, like, super hyped for already. You know, like, there's a couple of games where I'm like, well, maybe I'll get around to play Kingdom Hearts 3 eventually. But, you know, other than that, not really. Yeah, I, I, I think 2019 will be a more down year for games. I think both of the big console manufacturers, Sony and Microsoft, are going to be kind of in planning ahead for the new generation of consoles that we expect will probably be launching in 2020 so probably won't be as many big games coming out like there won't be any big new surprises right the games that are announced yeah, yeah. will be coming out yeah. at some point but like smash Bros. there's not going to be like hey in in, yeah. in uh in june or april or whatever x game is going to get announced and it'll be announced it'll be out by the end of the year yeah. i don't expect a lot yeah. of that yeah for me next year really really stoked for luigi's mansion 3 mm-hmm. um that's a big game i'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to um, the new Gears of War, um, you know, that'll be fun. That's supposed to come out next year. We'll see if Halo makes it out next year. I have a feeling it won't since we haven't really seen any gameplay for that game yet. Yeah. But, you know, that's possibly on the docket, which um, I'm interested in. I'm not going to buy because Halo 5 was not good. But, I mean, I am interested. It seems like they're going back to the roots. So, definitely a lot of games on the radar that I'm interested in. Um, but... I mean, it's no Spider-Man, God of War, Smash Bros., right? Like, yeah, exactly. Those yeah, big exactly. three games and, uh, are uh, so incredible. I think I am very excited for Nintendo's year because 
like you mentioned, Luigi's Mansion 3, for me, Animal Crossing is very exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, new Pokemon. There's a new Pokemon next year, mm-hmm. possibly Metroid Prime 4. I think that game will probably get delayed, but according to Nintendo, <laughs> it's coming out next year, so we'll see. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. There's a couple so it'll, of it'll be a good of... year for Switch, and there's a couple indie games I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, but that's the thing. I have a couple at the indie PS4 games I'm looking side, for also. Yeah, looking at the PS4 side, there's not really much I'm looking forward to with PS4. I'm not really in The Last of Us or... Uh... Uh, what, what's the samurai game? Uh, oh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. So not really looking forward to any of the big PS4 games. I, I played a ton of PS4 this year. It's my most played uh, console this year. But I think next year, uh, probably more more Switch, uh, possibly Xbox with you know Game Pass continuing on. So yeah, uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, that is a wrap on our 2018 gaming. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Halison underscore games so you can let us know how much you agree or disagree more likely with our picks. We would love to chat with you guys on there about that and let us know what, what your uh, game of the year is. And, uh, yeah, be, be, be good to get, hear you guys' thoughts. And hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening so much. We will leave you with a theme from our game of the year, God of War. Uh, the track name is Memories of Mother, uh, composed by Bear McCreary. Uh, Enjoy, and we will see you guys later. Merry Christmas. See ya.